from Harare, Zimbabwe to the World Wide Web. You are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Every week, we lead you in conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Our goal is to get you to ask questions and compare what today's culture is telling us versus what the Bible says. If you're a non-believer, we hope that our conversation will shed more light on what the Christian faith is really about. Never miss an episode by subscribing through our website, www.radiantculture.africa. Or you can find us on iTunes. Like our Facebook page, look up Radiant Culture and follow us on Twitter at Radiant Culture. If you're on Instagram, it's Radiant underscore culture radiant culture it's life it's truth it's lit stay tuned hey everybody my name is t-mac and i'm cookie monster and this is radiant culture yeah so good to be back and the heat is yeah the heat is hot the house is on fire yeah yeah but uh we are like the burning bush we are not consumed (laughs) 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 we remain standing (laughs) No, we just need some air con. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, good times. We have a really interesting episode coming up for you today on a subject that I've heard talked about before, but I'm hoping we can tackle it in a in a different way today. We have Cool Waza in the building. He's back, the man himself. Mm. How are you, Cool Waza? I'm well, guys. How are you doing? Great to be back. In this heat, are you cool? Doing my best to remain cool. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He keeps it cool like that. So. Christianity's word of the day It's going to be loosely connected to our subject matter Because we have this habit as, as Christians Of putting the tag Christian on things That you can't really put the tag Christian on Because I don't know, what does it mean? So today, Kuwaza walks in Haven't seen him in ages, right? It's been a while yeah. So I go in for the hug And he gives me this lukewarm Christian hug, bruh Like, <laughs> barely touching me Like if I could even demonstrate for you, it was like a, I felt like I had leprosy or something. <laughs> so that is our Christianity's word of the day. Christian hug. What yeah. Kuwaza gave me. Like those ones that, you know. If you like, ever give me that. <laughs> ever. If I'm um, Kuchechka, that's what I give you. Give bro. me a handshake, bro. Okay, high five. Okay, let's just do that. <laughs> yeah, because. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have you hot <laughs> or cold. <laughs> okay. If you look warm. <laughs> Yeah, so Christian hug. I don't know how we define it, but it's like, yeah, one of those where there's like almost zero body contact. Can't even really call it a hug, man. It's like a pat on the back from the front. It sucks, right? Yeah. Okay, I mean, not not to say anything about Kuwaza here, but guys, just in general, right? In mitigation. <laughs> yeah, no, try and defend yourself. It's okay, right? You know what? Guys, if you don't want to hug someone, don't. Okay. Right? Like, just, just don't do it. Like, just put extend your arm before they go in. I had a tablet in my hand. Yeah, so you had another hand to hug me properly with, Google. Which I used no, to the best of my ability. Pat me on the back from the front. That was not a hug, okay? Like, as far as I'm concerned, you did not yeah. hug me today. So to all the ladies out there, right? Because you do this a lot. If you don't want to hug the brother, don't hug him. Oh, his side hug, actually. Then so side hug is okay. Hug, yeah. Because side hug is like, yeah, you know, it, it's cool. We're, we're not going in like, full contact, mm, but, you know, we're full, still... full frontal yes, impact. No, 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 no. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> yeah, so Christian hug, there you have it. But no, today our topic is actually about Christian business. So we've just put the label on 
business of Christian. And you think that, yeah, that's actually a thing. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be tackling that today. Is it actually a thing? Can you actually define a business as Christian? And if you can, what does that even mean? So, yeah, let's just get into it. Hey. Well, I mean, T-Mac, you, you run a business. You're mm-hmm. a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, do you run a Christian business? No. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, my business isn't a living and breathing thing. How can it be Christian? It's run by a born-again, spirit-filled believer. Is your toilet Christian? No. But you're Christian and you use the whoa, toilet. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look, your example. <laughs> no, but that's what's, the what's thing. Because it's an inanimate thing. Can't be. have a belief system. A business is a living entity. A going concern. All right. I anyway. Guess, yeah, if you look at it that way. Anyway, you know what? This is a, a, a real question. And Kuwaza um, w- would like to, to delve into this now that... What is your understanding or your belief about this whole subject? Is there such a thing as a Christian business? Okay, well, look, after giving T-Mac the Christian hug, the least I can do is, <laughs> is yeah. to be on her side in this one. <laughs> no, 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 look, I, I'm of the same mind. You know, you can't talk about having a Christian business per se because what people call a Christian business is basically a business that's being run by a Christian. Um, and to the extent that you have control as a Christian of that business, to that same extent can the values of, you know, of your Christianity be expressed through how you do your business. But that will also depend on the structure. So I heard words like going concern. I heard inanimate objects. The different kinds of structures. There's uh, the sole proprietor. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a sole proprietor, the business is the person and the person is the business. Yeah. But when you look at a limited liability company, uh, when you look at a publicly traded company, mm-hmm. uh, the stakes are different because mm-hmm. you are open to more legislation. There are more stakeholders who have demands and expectations. And so your ability to bring your values to bear on the organization will you know, be affected by how much control you wield, which is a lot less when you are, you know, in a publicly traded situation, for example, where you can have institutional investors like insurers and pension funds. Mm. So the concept of uh, Christian business kind of uh, disappears the less control you have. The more diverse the ownership of the business, the more fragmented it is, the more you're likely not to have it as a Christian business. But if you're sole proprietor, you're most likely going to be able to bring your values to bear on it. So if you've been following some of the things that have been happening in the United States after the legalization of uh, same-sex unions, some guys wanted to have uh, these wedding planners, uh, you know, plan their wedding. Mm -hmm. But they refused on the grounds that it went against their their value system. Right. Um, And then you can, because the business is a sole proprietor business, it's a family business, so they could do that. But if they were trading on the stock exchange, there's rules and regulations that could say this is discrimination. So that's the kind of thing that you might find yourself uh, going up against there. Okay, so what we're saying here, right, is. the business, depending on the structure or the nature of the business, uh, you can put the Christian label on it or not, whatever, right? Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the, uh, if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, I think Strive Masiwa once said that Econet was a Christian business. Yes, hmm? he did. He did, right? Okay, good. He still does say that. So, for me now, that's where it gets tricky, right? I love, like, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Strive Masiwa's, by the way, like, huge fan. And follow his posts and all of that. Hope to meet him one day. 
teach him a thing or two. So um, the, the thing is, what I want to know, right, is now when we say a company like Econet, and I, I hope it's okay for us to use a, a real-life example here, mm-hmm. is a Christian company, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm, I'm trying to understand what he means and what his understanding of that is. Yeah. Because to my, to my knowledge, <clears throat> um, they do things like, I don't know if they still, they still do like devotions and yeah. there's a huge emphasis on scripture and uh, I know they support churches and that kind of stuff. So is that what then qualifies a business as a Christian business? Hmm. So it would be interesting to get what his definition would be, you know, definitely. Um, if Christian business means that it is a business that's run uh, on based on Christian values, then if that's what it means, then that would have to be uh, seen in terms of the corporate culture, mm. so that the people actually, you know, uh, have interactions with them, the stakeholders in terms of uh, suppliers. If you're talking about... Uh, the people who are working there are they all Christian? You know, right. is, 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 that, is that what it means? Is the human resource policy? They look at whether they're Christian or you know or not. If you are someone who is caught up in a particular kind of a besetting sin, do you get fired for that? You know, so those are the kind of uh, questions that I would like to ask him, but he's not here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when people say Christian business, it's a loose term in terms. I think in the way that we we use it is that. It's really a business that's run by Christians. Right. I think that's that's the main thing because if you go in, in, into the actual workings of the organization, you might find that there are some things that you look at and say, mm, "Hold in, up the scripture." You look at the structure. Look at the policy and procedure. How did this person get fired for doing what? You know that kind of thing. So, I would I would say with the strict definition that I'm using, I would not. Um, classify Econet to any business as a Christian business, especially the Econet that's got so many shareholders and, mm-hmm. you know, and some of the things that they have to look at. I don't think having devotionals uh, from time to time in your company is actually a sign that you are a Christian business. Yeah. It means that you've got Christians in your business that have beliefs that they feel free to exercise within the organization. Yeah. Okay, so what if Econet was selling Bibles then? Could we then call it a Christian business instead? Well, as in if the like if that was their if core their sole business. business was to sell Bibles, yeah, and then everyone they employed there is a Christian. Okay, so I'd say again, <clears throat> remember mm-hmm. when you're selling Bibles, you're not going to sell to Christians only, mm. because there are people who are professors of theology, but they're not even believers. Yeah, uh, they don't you know subscribe to the faith. So just because you sell Bibles doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're a Christian business. Because mm. when you say Christian, are you talking about, and, and, and that's the question, isn't it? Is it Christian because the people that run it are Christians and the people that they interact with or sell to are, are only Christian? Does, is that what it means to be a Christian business? Yeah. I would say you're a business that serves Christians. Mm. I'll still come back to that because wh- why I want to say that is because a business is uh, subject to certain laws of the land that uh, they cannot necessarily say we don't to we don't feel because we the business is a christian a matter of conscience the business is not going to do that you know we're not going to register we're not going to pay this amount of tax we're not going to do you know a b c d mm-hmm. just the human resources side of things uh, are you going to be an equal um, an equal opportunities employer that means that you have to be ready to employ people that don't believe what you believe yeah. right. and if you're not mm-hmm. Is that acceptable? Mm. Can you get a lawsuit against you 
are you going to run foul, uh, afoul sorry, of uh, the regulator and the legal uh, statutes? That's why I would say I'm not in favor yeah. of calling something a Christian business. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because I think that's how we kind of try and just not justify it, but like we think that, okay, if the activities are to do with Christian things, like for yeah. example, um, I know of a Christian book. See, now I'm even calling it a Christian bookshop, but that's what they called themselves. Like yeah. it was a bookshop only sold Christian books and only mm-hmm. Christian CDs. And well, I can't say the coffee was Christian, <laughs> but then they had like a coffee shop there inside the bookshop. But it was just well known that if you want Christian literature, this is yeah. the place where you go. So they yeah. were the Christian bookshop. Okay. But then, yeah, I guess that's when we then think that okay, this must be Christian business because they call business or their core product can be termed as something that is Christian per se or assisting Christians, like yeah. you said, or serving yeah. Christians. Look, um, it's about the definition again. You know? mm-hmm. So if someone thinks that because I'm serving Christians predominantly, that makes me Christian business. So I guess there's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really tricky um, <clears throat> issue in terms of finding an, a, a proper definition because there's so many considerations to make. Yeah. Meaning that if somebody decides that they're starting a business and it's a Christian business, right? They're going to have to really think through what they mean. Because if you're saying it's a Christian business, what exactly? What are you saying, like what Kuwaza was saying, that you are the Christian who is behind the business, therefore it uh, defines what the business is? Or are you saying the products you're selling are Christian products? Or are you saying that uh, you're only employing... I mean, there's just so many things to think about, right? Which leads me to my next... Do so, you want to say yeah, something? Yeah, no, before you move on from that, <clears throat> I think... Um, halal? That's Muslim, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I think they kind of have it separated. Like, they don't call the business Muslim, but they can say we sell halal products. And yeah. you already, that already tells you in and of itself that this product has had... Whatever has been prayed for, it's been I don't know what they do. <laughs> so a lot of stuff. But yeah, like I guess that would be the, yeah. the Muslim version of Christian business, so to speak. Even though the thing is that I think the way uh the Christian worldview and Islam are structured is actually almost diametrically opposed mm-hmm. in that they how how do we here's how someone put it. They said if you were to use the analogy of a dot and a circle, right, uh, Christianity would be the dot and the culture would be the circle. If it's Islam, it's actually the other way around, right? That Islam would be the circle and the culture would be the dot. Oh. That it encapsulates everything mm. that, that you do, whereas... Yeah, Christianity is sort of the other way around. But anyway, some, I, I heard that somewhere. Um, what, were you done with what mm. you were talking about? Because mm. the, the next question I want to ask now is, talking about Christian businesses and Christian business people, so are we now saying that if someone then decides to <coughs> define themselves as a, as a Christian business person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't that automatically... That's fine. What? You can say I'm a Christian business person mm-hmm. as opposed to I have a Christian business. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's cool, but here's what, I, here's what I'm trying to get at. Um, can someone who is a, a Christian business person, for example, mm-hmm. then operate in, in business the way business is 
typically done where you're now going cutthroat and you you know there's certain practices that you've got to uh adopt to survive in business mm-hmm. right they don't necessarily <coughs> mean that you they're not necessarily illegal but you you have okay, to Okay yeah I have an example uh-huh. like how the bible says um you shouldn't lend with interest somewhere in proverbs there I'll look for the verse Kuwaza, back me up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so how could you be a Christian who owns a bank then? Can I pay it? Well, it's 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 uh, not lend. Uh, the word is usury, which mm-hmm. is uh, excessive interest. Yeah. And then it's also that Christians are not supposed to lend it interest to their brothers. Yeah. So fellow Christians. Don't look at me. I ain't giving you jack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your brother. No, nothing. I find that. No. Yeah, and then Jesus took it another level. He said that even if you lend to your brother, mm. don't expect it back. You mm. know. So yeah, you see, but you can't have a business like that. That's like yeah. okay. Here's my my products, but it's okay yeah. if you can't pay. Do you it's see? Okay. Do you see? Do you see? Sorry. Do you see the problem of defining your, your business as as a Christian? Yeah. Because you know, a business is a legal entity. The legal person, a person at law, yeah. can sue and be sued. Can enter into contracts. But if the business is a Christian. And someone swindles the business, you're supposed to turn the other cheek, Mr. Business. Mm. Hey. Mm. So it's not, it's, it's not just, you know, <laughs> you swindled me, okay? <laughs> here's, here's my cloak, and my, you, you, you took my tunic, take my cloak as well, mm. you know? You stole money from me, employee. Why don't you take the, the sofas and the furniture? You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. ridiculous. But you know what? I actually find that there is a... That's funny. A... <laughs> tendency within the church i think amongst christians to kind of mistreat each other in business dealings and then kind of just treat it like ah but they're my christian brother gee they'll just forgive me even if i took a loan from kuda and i couldn't pay it back i'll see you every sunday and eventually you'll get tired of asking me but i think eventually christians don't like doing business with each other because yeah. they feel like, ah, oh, my crystal, no, you guys don't know how to do business. Because, I don't know, probably my tendencies I don't know, yeah. that we yeah. need to work on. Yeah. But I think we kind of back them up with the word and say, oh, but you need to turn the other cheek or no, forgiveness, you know. Maybe part of the problem is the way we um, allow ourselves to live with very blurred lines, right? Where we don't properly define things. So, for example... I think it's important that if I come to your business and you guys uh, make something for me, right? It's a business transaction. It doesn't matter that we know each other. It doesn't matter that we're homies or whatever. It's a business transaction. And I think because of the fact that we have a relationship and we have respect for one another, we should even hold each other to a higher standard. Yeah. Right. But maybe part of it is that we come to church and we've got our guards are down. And it's that whole thing that sometimes people check their brains out at the door and then they just, they just walk into church. So that's an important one also that how, how do we even deal with stuff like that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, look, and again, you, I, I think when you have what Paul says to uh, the slaves, or if we use uh, the understanding that we have today, anyone who's an employee, yeah. says slaves, uh, when you're working for someone who's of the faith, don't slacking i'm now just paraphrasing Mm -hmm. just because he's a brother but because he's a brother they're worthy of your highest devotion you should be working for them with even more uh, zeal Mm -hmm. don't slacken just because i know this guy is a brother in the faith you know so just as you guys are saying but actually 
take it up a notch because the person who's benefiting from your service is dear to you, is family. So you're looking at that, Paul saying that he's already seeing that that's going to be an issue. Uh, so what we're experiencing even today is not something that is new per se, but it's something that we need to hear the words of Paul even when we go to the business side of things. If I've got a service and I haven't paid for it, the person who's supposed to benefit from me paying this is my sister, is my brother. It, more than someone who is out there in the world, I need to have that desire to actually make good on the promise that I made and you know, because of how close the person is. So it's actually supposed to be the other way around. Of course, when you're in Africa, you know, when someone is, is your brother or your sister or it's, or it's family, you know, family, you don't, you know, you don't pay for stuff. You can, you know, things can be just allowed to slide because family does stuff for family. And, you know, if you had a parent and you, you know, your, your brother bought something from you or you had a business and your brother or your sister or, or, or you know, just a sibling comes in and says, I want to buy this. And then the guy says, I want to take you to court because of this or that. Parents will step in and say, no, we're family. We don't do that. Mm. You know? So there's, that's where that taking advantage of people comes from, is that there's also a cultural you know, undergirding of mm. yeah. you know, family. We, you know, if I don't pay you back, you're my brother. So, you know, asabasa type thing. But Paul is saying, no, actually, because they're family, it's even more important. So is this because we don't really value each other then? Or we, we have an, an artificial um, understanding of what that value means? Because... If we really did value each other, like genuinely, yeah. Yeah. wouldn't we make sure that, Ish, you know what, I love this person so much, I can't let them down. Or if something happens that's outside of my control, then I should be willing to go, Ish, sha, things are not working out well right now. Um, this is the plan. Yeah, uh, look, that, that would be an issue for, from a discipleship perspective. That would be an issue to deal with. Pastors would have to teach into that and so on. But this is why I would say again, when you talk about business, mm-hmm. that's why we have to separate the whole, is it a Christian business from Christians running the business? Because I can't wait for someone to come to the knowledge of valuing their brother, value me. I've offered you a service. My business is run on this basis. I offer a service, you pay for it, and let's work on that basis. The valuing of each other we can talk about later. That that would be like, no, I'm not saying now. I'm just saying, you know, no, no, that's, yeah, yeah. Do you, so, so do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it frees the because there's a lot of pressure on Christians. There's this verse uh, in Matthew 10, verse 16. Jesus is sending out the 12 apostles and he says to them, be shrewd as serpents, but as innocent as doves. <clears throat> Sorry. And um, one of the things that I found is when you look at Christians, particularly in business, just defining that line between shrewdness and illegality. You know, people tend, tend to look at something and say, ah, yeah, I'm Christian. You know, when you hear some of the things that are being done, you know, you, but it's, Jesus said, be shrewd. So you have to be shrewd as a serpent. Mm. And we know the serpent doesn't have a very good track record in the mm-hmm. Bible, you know, <laughs> but be innocent as doves. Yeah. What does that mean? You know, have we explored that? Hmm. Yeah. That's good. You know, have you ever gone to a Bible study where people said, okay, what does it, what does it look like in day-to-day living? Yeah, I'd really want to know. You know. How can I as an entrepreneur know that I've been shrewd and not been evil? Yeah. yeah. Um, and Jesus said again in uh, Luke 16, verse 8, he says, uh, the sons of this world or the sons of this age are more shrewd or are shrewder at dealing with each other than are the sons of light. Mm. Which is, if I can just paraphrase, in Shona is to say, my Christo like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what 
glass of. What's up? You know, hey, they're shrewd. You know, when they're dealing with one another. Come on, look. Suffering from that. Maybe my hermeneutic or my interpretation is not, you know, quite good, but. That's what basically he's saying, you know, sons of the light, you have issues dealing with people of the world because you have this thing where there's this something in the back of your mind that just feels like you know, this turning of the other cheek thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a question be innocent, concerning that, but, that scripture, actually, sorry yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. interject. Yeah. That, when he says that, right, yeah, yeah. is Jesus stating that as a statement of fact or as a challenge that needs to be addressed? Is he saying that, you know what, this is what it is. You guys are dumb. Right, <laughs> not shrewd when it comes to dealing. Yeah, when it comes to dealing. <laughs> so just accept it. That's how it is. Or is he saying, you guys are being silly and you're being dumb. You need to change it and become like these guys. I'd say if you unite those two scriptures, right, the one from Matthew, uh-huh. be shrewd as serpents. It's actually an instruction. You know, it, right. it's not advice. It's actually like a command. Just like you know, thou shalt not steal. You know. Thou shalt be shrewd as a serpent. Thou shalt not be dumb. <laughs> and thou shalt be as innocent as a dove in the process. Right. So it's, it's that. And then he says the children of this world are more shrewd or are shrewder at dealing with. So it's, a, it's an observation that needs a remedy. Hmm. The remedy is be shrewd. Um, don't keep letting guys get one over you. Hmm. And here's an example of if you read Genesis 30 to 31, uh, Jacob uh, is under Laban and Laban is cheating him of his wages. And mm-hmm. so they had a deal. Okay. I'll get all the sheep and, uh, all the goats that are speckled and spotted and so on. And then you can have the ones that are <coughs> nice and, you know, mm-hmm. pure and clean. Mm-hmm. And Laban says, that's a very good idea. And then he takes everything out of the way and makes sure that he leaves, uh, Jacob with just the mm. clean one so that he doesn't get anything. Mm. But then Jacob, in a, you know, he chased, he, 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 he took these uh, plants, put them before, and I'm sure you know the story. Yeah. And if you don't, you can read it you know, in your time. Genesis 30, 31, very uh, you know, interesting. And the Bible says that over time, he would, uh, while they were mating, he would put those there and then they would bear spotted and speckled and striped, mm. you know, and then he would take the stronger animals and they would mate and then the weaker animals would set aside until he impoverished his father-in-law, mm. basically. Yeah. Um, and when you look at that on the surface, it feels like, Jacob, we know your, your name, my friend. Trickster. <laughs> Trickster, <laughs> heel grabber, <laughs> swindler, you know. <laughs> but then you read it further into chapter 31 and it says that he had seen it in a dream, in a vision. He saw it, he, he saw it as a strategy that God gave him. Mm-hmm. And God says, I've seen what Laban is doing to you. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm going to do to help you. Mm. So what he's doing there is implementing uh, a strategy that God has given him that looks like on the surface of it, it looks like this guy is swindling, he's stealing. Right. But it's God-given strategy. So there's shrewdness there. But again, as I said, when someone looks at it on the surface, you say, swindler, mbava. Same thing happens with Joseph. If you read how you know, he managed uh, Pharaoh's system, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, things were so bad that uh, there was no money left. Right. And then people gave the, their land. Yes. Yeah. And then after they gave their land, there was still so much famine and there was nothing left to give. And then they said, we'll give ourselves. Mm. Yeah. And so Joseph bought all the land and all the people and they belonged to Pharaoh. Uh, 
over a period of time. Mm-hmm. And then you look at it, the Bible doesn't say it was right or wrong. It just observes what Joseph did. Mm-hmm. And you read that and you can think, ah! mm. what's this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, so I'd say that and I'm just giving these examples for the sake of opening up our minds to see that there's things that we can do, you know, that you look at a, a guy who's undercutting the competition. Mm-hmm. Maybe he goes into a business and hires all their best people, puts them on a higher salary or, you know, you know, uh, pays them twice or thrice what they're earning there. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even need them. He's just going to put them somewhere in his company and they're just, you know, <laughs> chilling yeah. there mm-hmm. just so that he can decimate the, you know, the competition. And that yeah. can look like cutthroat, you know, um, we should, should we be doing that as Christians? But is it shrewdness? You know what? As you mentioned that, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe part of the problem is that many Christians actually walk with, um, th- with, with a double mind yeah. of some sort where you, you're conflicted, right? You don't yeah. know uh, whether shrewdness is shrewdness or it's wickedness, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, so because we're in two minds... It takes us longer to make decisions. Yeah. We are feeling guilty for some of the things that we're doing that we may need to be doing. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're in business, and business is business. Yeah. So your competitor is doing those very same things. Yeah. And even worse. Yeah. And and maybe that ends up. Maybe that's the reason. That, that's the reason why uh, you find that a lot of Christian businesses. And I know this is a bit of a stereotype. Yeah. But I, I think it's one worth acknowledging. Um. It, a lot of Christian businesses are just funny, right? Yeah. Would you be funny? No, no, no. Okay, let, let me let me qualify that. What I mean is that a lot of the people who are doing business at a high level, mm-hmm. a lot of the guys are not Christians, or yeah. they're not professing Christians. Yeah. Right. And that question has bothered me for a long time. Of course, you know you've got you, you you've got a handful of people that are there definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying. Why is it that the guys that are running the blue chip companies, the guys that are running the big corporations, are not really professing? In fact, some of them actually outrightly state that they don't believe in God. Yeah. And yet those organizations are thriving. Yeah. And they're doing a lot of big stuff. So then you start thinking, we're always talking about uh, dominion and how God has given us the wealth of the wicked and whatnot, whatnot. Yeah. So maybe it could be that we're lacking that shrewdness and we're... we're yeah, you know, uh, I think it has to be ten or eleven years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a time that God very clearly instructed me to go through the Book of Proverbs mm-hmm. and to just find uh, truth concerning business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really coming off the back of, uh, I think, of a fire, really, a hunger that He just put in me, or it just, yeah, it just started itself as a question. That went on for days and days and days. So the revelation came actually two years after that wow. process began, uh, where I was just thinking, but I've not heard anyone talk about how to be an entrepreneur. Where is it in the Bible? Where's where's the truth mm-hmm. to help people set up business? I know that you know to be a good neighbor or to be a good employee or you know the, you know the Bible was being taught, especially in the circles that I was. We teach you what to do when you have when you get the money, mm. but not how to get it. Yeah. So, even the New Testament, if you look at the New Testament, is basically assuming that you already have money. Mm. Mm. Give to the poor. You know, uh, be content with what you have. What about the guy who doesn't have anything? Mm. So I realized, and this was a question that was in in my heart, burning for two years, and the Lord just said, "Go into Proverbs." And as I went into Proverbs, I was amazed at how much truth there is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. 
with regard to how to uh, build a business. And it just takes the Holy Spirit to give you an insight sometimes. I'll give you an example of Proverbs 22 verse 1 that mm-hmm. says, uh, a good name is better than silver and gold. Yeah. And the understanding that God gave me of that is, therefore, if you are given an opportunity to get silver and gold or to build your name, go for building your name. Right. Don't sacrifice your brand or your name for the sake of silver and gold. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a good name, a good name is going to generate silver and gold for you. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go into the world, they talk about branding, they talk about marketing, they talk about goodwill mm-hmm. assets or goodwill <laughs> value, mm-hmm. the intrinsic value of your brand. Uh-huh. And it's all, you know, these guys have books, management systems. God showed me about diversification. The Bible says, you know, in the morning, do not... Uh, you know, uh, allow your hands to be idle in the evening. Mm-hmm. Be doing something because you do not know which one is going to succeed, yeah. right. one or the other. Cast your bread upon yeah. the waters. Exactly. That's diversification. Yeah. Diversify your risk. Have a portfolio of business opportunities such that if you get into this and if that doesn't work, you see what I'm saying. I so these are principles want, in the uh, scripture. I want to see Simon Peter coming and saying, "My son, I hear the Lord say to you that <clears> you." are supposed to get into telecommunications or you are supposed to start <laughs> and then when you started your card dealership your tithe is supposed to go to this church I think we, we, that, that's the kind of stuff we're waiting for us to feel like God <laughs> like God has spoken to us you know what I'm saying sorry yeah. I, I cut you yeah, no, no, no. No, yeah. I, I, I can see where, where, where that would be true in the current prophetic movement and everything um, but I think just to come back to the point I was trying to make there is one of the things I discovered with the truth there is the principles that people are using in the world are actually there in the Bible. Yeah, they are. And I wish I could take you through by these proverbs, the whole thing. So yeah. it's one verse, it has verse after verse after verse. Well, how does this apply to business? Maybe we should just have a cool waza series. <laughs> <laughs> you know well, you have to wait for the book. I'm just messing with you guys. But, but no, no, listen, down. no, no, no. Okay, here's the point I'm trying to make. The point is, there's so much, it's just how they've dressed it. You know, they'll have it in fancy words. Mm-hmm. And they'll apply those things, and they're very diligent about it. Right. How they do what they do. Uh, and that's why Jesus says, you know, they're shrewd with dealing with their own kind. They will sit down and strategize. You know, the Bible says things like, for example, this is not in Proverbs, but here's an example of what the Bible says. God looks uh, not on the appearance, mm-hmm. or it says actually it says man, man looks, looks at, at the appearance, appearance, yeah, but God, looks, but at God looks at the heart. First Samuel sixteen, exactly. So if you hear that in church, your mind, if you're not entrepreneurially wired, is going to be oh, okay. So God cares about what's on the inside, not what's on the outside. So we must care about what's on the inside to please God, Amen. But man. if you're entrepreneurially wired, you've heard a strategy already there. Mm-hmm. It's man's nature to look on the appearance. So, when you have a business, appearances matter. Yeah. When someone comes in, in the first few minutes, they can decide whether they're going to do business with you or not based on what they see. Yeah. How you dress, how you speak, sometimes depending on what kind of business it is, what you're driving. Yeah. You know? So, appearances matter. Thank you. you know? So, if you're going to go for an interview oh, and you don't have a suit, borrow one. Yeah. Don't show up in the clothes and know I'm going to be true to who I really am. I don't want to deceive anyone. So I'll come in my t-shirt and my jeans because I don't have a suit. So guys, if you don't employ me, that's it. It's fine. I don't have a suit. Okay, I'm not going to lie to anyone here. You're not going to get the job. Yeah. That's so good. You see. But that, where's that coming from? <clears throat> it's coming from God looks on the outward appearance, 
but I mean, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks God at the heart. So it's about the revelation that God gives you out of Scripture. And I, and I think as Christians, the more we, we ask God and allow Him to open our minds and to go beyond our parochial boundaries that we have set for ourselves, mm-hmm. the more we will see what God's, you know, that there's so much in God's Word that right. those guys are already using. But it's actually our stuff. We're custodians of that truth. And if we use it, we will see more guys getting into that space and having that dominion and having businesses that are successful. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.